Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Cyber. On today's show, we have Lynn Dome, who is the Executive Director at WESIS, which stands for Women in Cybersecurity. WESIS is a global nonprofit community uh, with just under 5,000 members who has the mission of retaining, recruiting, and advancing women in cybersecurity. Uh, so what they do is they host uh, a number of programs, initiatives, events, and more broadly, just support uh, for women to find their way into the cybersecurity industry. And then once they're here, um, to have fulfilling to careers uh, and progress in them as well. So we have a great discussion about some of the specific tactics that uh, the organization takes and sort of how they go about creating an environment for um, women to find sort of successful roles in the cybersecurity industry. So without further ado, I will hand it over to Lynn Dome, the executive director of WESIS. Well, the party is off to a good start. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, as a way to kick us off, uh, why don't you tell us maybe a little bit about yourself and how you found your way into the cybersecurity industry? Sure. So um, my name is Lynn Dome. I'm Women in Cybersecurity Executive Director. Fun fact is that we often go by our acronym WICYS, W-I-C-Y-S, and we pronounce it WICYS like we sisters because we are a global cyber sisterhood. So our mission is to recruit, retain, and advance women in cybersecurity. And we have over 5,600 members and we're a community comprised of women, men, allies, and advocates that all have a strong mission and passion to recruit, retain, and advance women in cybersecurity because we care about the cybersecurity workforce. You know, we care about the security of ourselves, security of you, security of the companies we work for, and the communities that we belong to. But we also know that we're at a critical workforce shortage. And so that's why we're a not a woman's only community. We're a community comprised of all that care about building the capacity in the workforce. But a little bit about me is that I got started in 2015. I started working in various different cybersecurity grants and nonprofits and um, businesses. And it really just where was a place where I just honed into, I just tapped into it. It was a place where I belonged, um, a community that I really wanted to become more a part of. And so it was just my niche little area. And I started navigating through my career from that point moving forward. And in 2015, I started working with WESIS in a support capacity. And it was fabulous. I started working with Dr. Amberine Siraj and really started working on the conference and um, building up some efforts leading up to the conference and all that. But I wasn't able to participate in the conference myself until 2018 when it was here in Chicago. I'm from the Chicagoland area. And so that was my first conference. And it was sitting at that table where I, for the first time in my career, my community was formed. Like my professional network expanded from that experience itself. Yeah. So I'm here as executive director because of the power of the WESIS community itself and the community that I built and the network that I grew from that 2018 conference. So in 2019, Dr. Amberine Siraj asked me if I would consider applying to become WESIS executive director. And um, from there, the rest is history. Very nice. And you've been in the role for, if I do the math right, three years or so now. Mm -hmm. yep. What have you liked most about it? 
What I, I like it all. I love it all. But uh, the part that I really like the most is building out the many different initiatives and training programs. It's really about making those connections. And that takes active listening, listening to the community, listening to our student chapters, our professional affiliates, the needs of the community, even our strategic partners come back with certain particular needs. And to be able to listen to that tap into the power of the community, like take that information and provide that feedback to our mission support team, which is our tier one strategic partners, taking it to our board of directors um, and to be able to build out a program that fills that gap that's yeah. being communicated to us. And so that's the area that I love most is just making those connections and threading it all together to build out an initiative that fills that gap in particular. And then once we launch it, it's about how to sustain that effort, how to scale that effort, continue to grow and fund that effort, and then build out other programs on top of it. And so that's the place where I really resonate the most is really yeah. that program building, initiative building, management, and you know, really thriving in that space. Cool. Okay. And are there some examples of initiatives and programs that you've done recently that maybe you're particularly proud of or, or have been particularly impactful that you'd like to tell us about and, and maybe highlight? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, there's I, there's so many incredible tough programs. Questions, <laughs> I know, it's a tough question, especially on a Monday morning. So uh, yeah, so I mean, we had the skill development training programs that were initially launched by Google. So when we canceled the 2020 conference, you know, it was, there was no plan B. Who had a plan B for canceling a major right. conference? And we woke up the morning of March 5th to 2020 saying, absolutely, we're going to have this conference. It's going to start in less than a week. How right. could we cancel a conference? This And COVID isn't going to impact it. We're going to get by by the skin of our teeth. And that was at nine o'clock in the morning on March 5th. By three o'clock in the afternoon, all those travel restrictions came into place with all our big sponsors and corporate partners. And so the conference was no longer viable by three o'clock. And so we had to make that hard choice, that emotional and financially difficult choice to cancel a conference. And with that, we just went into this, this mindset of, okay, what's next? Our community needs us now more than ever. And you know, as well as I know that women were stepping out of the workforce at a very rapid rate during community, during that time, during COVID, when it was first um, impacting the workforce. And so we launched very quickly in less than five weeks into WESA's Virtual 20. And our theme was live from everywhere. So it was fun. It was new. It was innovative. It was fantastic. And it caught a lot of attention. And Google came back to us and said, hey, we like what you did with the virtual conference. And I believe we were one of the first conferences to really go virtual that quickly and that capacity. Yeah. And um, we called it WESA's Virtual 20. And so they said, what other ways can we impact our community um, and create advancement opportunities that aren't with the in-person events? And that's when we brainstormed and came up with the security training scholarship. It was initially funded by Google. We had over 900 applicants. It was a tiered program. So no matter what tier anyone went into, even if they didn't advance to the next level, they came away from that tier with a learning experience with a skill set that they didn't have before. So that even if they didn't advance, they could still build upon that skill set. And yeah. 
And um, at the final, the top tier, uh, the, the top 15 participants received advanced SANS Institute certifications. They were placed in cybersecurity careers in less than a year. I mean, these are individuals. What this program did is everyone speaks about tapping into the hidden talent. Where's the hidden talent in the cybersecurity workforce? How could we resonate with those folks? What this did is it draw those individuals in. And one participant that received the advanced certification and is now working in her cybersecurity career is this woman that never even heard of the word cybersecurity, never even paid attention to it until about like a month or so before she saw that this program came up on her LinkedIn profile. She decided to take a risk on herself. She was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years, took a risk on herself, happened to have a high aptitude, an incredible amount of determination, and really just put her full self in and is now a career woman in the workforce because of it. So we're changing lives. We're making an impact, but we're looking at the untapped talent and we're advancing those women into their cybersecurity careers. So that's just one, but we have an internship program. I mean, I could sit here, I could talk all day, how much I love the internship program, how much I love the mentor mentee program. Cause they're all like, let's look at what we've done and let's look at what we haven't like, let's look at what we could do better. Like, what is the gap? What would achieve the most success? And let's build out a program from that point moving forward. Yeah. So it's super fun. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, hopefully maybe a little bit easier question to answer. Uh, the story you just highlighted, for example, you know, someone like that who maybe doesn't have a background in cybersecurity, but is willing to take a, you know, a risk and, and throw the, you know, their name in the hat and, and hopefully something good happens. <clears throat> what have you seen being the reasons to sort of compel, you know, your, your members to do things like that, or the, the members of your programs? Is it, you know, the intrigue with a sort of growing industry like cybersecurity? Is it, something else? What are, what are those motivators that you primarily notice? Well, there's a lot of factors. And within our community, we often encourage our members to be what others can see. And that's the cybersecurity professionals that they are. So we really want to bring a lot of attention out to the, the members that are really driving the efforts in the workforce. Um, but what would bring more women in and have them pay attention to the programs that we're building out is that we're we're making it easy for folks to enter in non-traditional ways. And so a lot, you know, we all know that the cybersecurity, there is no big, distinct, clear career pathway. Yeah. So sometimes the challenge is, even for folks that want to get into it, is where to start. And so we're creating that starting point. And then with the end goal. So, like, like for example, that skill development training program was originally funded by Google but it was great. And the next year, Meta and Bloomberg joined forces. So we could triple the amount of people that we could put through the program. And right now we're having more employer partners so we could even build upon that and make it bigger and bolder and better for 2022, 2023 cohort. Because the folks that even went in through tier one and they they weren't selected to advance to tier two, guess what? They, They navigated and learned more and that your time, and they came in, and now they they made it to the advanced tier in the program that was launched last year. So they try, they try again. We create programs that 
have are that are achievable that have results at the end and and including that placement in the workforce so yeah do you typically see those uh you know employer partners or, or sponsors that you work with do you typically see them hiring your members or hiring sort of the graduates of these programs that you you facilitate Oh, yes. Yes. So some of, you know, all corporations have different reasons for partnering with WESIS and sponsoring or different activities, but the employer partners in these programs, they have full access to tap in and hire the talent that comes from it. Some of them do, some of them are doing it for their corporate responsibility. Just if they're going to, as a corporation, as a big corporation that has many different cybersecurity roles, instead of shuffling around all those top cybersecurity professionals, they know that they have to invest their time and attention into developing those skill sets too for the next generation to build up more of a workforce. I mean, when you think about it, what's compelling about the cybersecurity workforce, why would someone want to get into it? Because we're at a critical workforce shortage. There's nothing but employment opportunities right there. So it's just about how to make yourself employable and hireable and let's get you out in the workforce because of it. And through there, you navigate through the cybersecurity ecosystem to get to the place that really resonates from you for you. And then from that point, knowing that there's more advancement opportunities because that's what is compelling is the advancement opportunities within this particular workforce. Cool. Okay. I imagine this is a a kind of piece of it, but I'm curious to understand, you know, when you think about, you know, we says as the organization and sort of reflecting on your mission, how do you measure success? What are the things that you're really looking for and saying, yes, we're we're on track or we're, we're not on track? is the growth. You know, for us, a metrics of success is the growth, not only for our members, but for folks that want to get more actively involved. We have over 500 volunteers in a leadership capacity within WESIS. I mean, that's extraordinary. We have like 45, 46, we just approved uh, data privacy and cyber law professional affiliates. So professional affiliates are mini WESIS organizations and they're in Africa, Australia, Canada, France, India, Pakistan, the UK, and all throughout the United States. But on top of that, we have these specialty affiliates like cloud security, artificial intelligence, uh, critical infrastructure. We have WESIS military, data privacy, LGBTQ+. We have all sorts of different affiliates. And all of those take a, a tremendous amount of leadership to mobilize them and to get in the community to recruit, retain, and advance more women in cybersecurity. So in addition to that, we have over 160 student chapters. So you think about the faculty advisors, the student chapter presidents, all these individuals are in a leadership role within the WESIS organization. And so how do we how do we look at the success is that you'll see on our website we have annual reports impact reports we have all sorts of different slide decks that showcase the the data of the org and we want to look at the growth that we could achieve within those programs and the amount of success like how many for the for example going back to the skill development training program you know we we started with 900 applicants 650 went to tier one then it tiered down from there, like 315 tier two, and it went down from there. Then the first year, final 15, those individuals were placed in the workforce after, you know, within a year of starting the program. That to us is success. Cool. Okay. Um, What's the most challenging part of your role? It's because I totally want to do it all. (laughs) 
it's like I myself want to be immersed in the community as much as possible. So what what I'll tell you what my recent challenge is, is that I started in October of 2019, literally at the Grace Hopper conference. It was announced that I was executive director. It was super fun. Had a week at Grace Hopper came home, started, you know, sitting in the executive director role, started prepping for the WESIS 2020 conference, went to the RSA conference, came back and COVID hit. And so my, there, there was no like job description for what now. It was very innovative and creative and listening to the community and being an active listener and participant and building out the programs for what the community needed at that time. So I really zoned in on this, um, initiatives and programs and going virtual. And it reduced the barriers that we had. We went into this global community. You know, for us, lots of good things came from going so virtual so fast yeah. and, and being a part of that movement. Um, what I'm challenged with right now is that I'm going back to like a, a crazy fun traveling schedule now. And I want to be a part of it all. I want to go out there and and that. And so now it's about, okay, bringing in more program managers to manage the existing programs so we could continue to scale and grow and sustain all our efforts. And then I am able to be able to travel and be at the different conferences and the other speaking engagements. So, so my biggest challenge is always about the balance and um, uh, the um, what growing pains, the growing yeah, yeah. pains of the organization. It's like, Okay, we want to do it all, but let's think about like prioritize right now for this summer. What are we doing for our community? And then just continuing to mobilize the team, work with the staff and get everyone on board on, on uh, what our focus is on. Yeah, cool. How did you adjust to working and running your community remotely? You mentioned that was kind of an advantage and, and something you, a transition or a pivot you made relatively early with the, the conference in 2020. So I'm curious sort of how you adjusted and, and maybe what some insights you have in that area are. So how we adjusted is, um, well, we were very fortunate because we already had a job board plus plus, which is our job board platform. So all our strategic partners recruit from it and all our members are a part of that. Well, it just so happened the platform that we used also had this virtual component. So we, when, when COVID really impacted us the most was right before a conference and we had to cancel the conference with a week's notice. So that was terribly hard. Um, and I went out and I started interviewing immediately all sorts of different virtual platforms, which just so happened the one that we were most familiar with had the, the most capabilities. So yeah. for us, it was a simple transition for us to launch into that virtual space. And then from there, we just continued to build out these programs that everyone could do in this virtual capacity. So that from there came our skill development training program. And then we were looking at our mentor mentee program. And then it came a veteran apprenticeship program. Well, all these are programs that really didn't necessarily need that in-person. Would be nice to have the in-person training, but the reality yeah. is that we couldn't do it. So that virtual training came into existence and we just rolled with it. We just leaned right into what we had and started rolling with it. And more opportunities just started opening up from that. And then next thing you know, we we started having this uh, 
kind of the affiliates and the student chapters opening up all around the world. And, and then going to like the WESIS 2022 conference, you know, our hashtag after the first day is a two-day conference. We just had it in Cleveland, Ohio. Our hashtag after the first day, WESIS 2022. And if you want to hear the voice from the community, it's best to hear from the community itself. I can sit here all day and, and talk about WESIS, but it, it's just nothing speaks more than the community's voice. And so yeah. search the WESIS 2022 hashtag. I encourage you to just hear from the community itself, the impact. But that hashtag reached 9.5 million after the first day. And after the second day, it reached 16 million. Like, that's crazy. That's wow. the power of the global cyber sisterhood. It's amazing. And it's all the community supporting one another, doing the key takeaways, leaning into each other's strengths, and growing and expanding and advancing in their careers because of it. Cool. Okay. And I know we just have uh, a few minutes left, so we can start sort of pivoting to wrapping up a bit. But uh, if yeah. people want to learn more about the organization or, or even get involved directly, what's the best way to do so? Is going to our website. It's wisis.org, W-I-C-Y-S.org. And in the upper right-hand corner, it has the subscribe button. I just recommend for everyone to be able to subscribe to the newsletter because we roll out these programs with like two, three weeks for people to apply or enroll in the program. So you'd never miss a beat. And we're always growing and we're always just adding programs on very quickly. When we see opportunities, we jump on them and we launch initiatives uh, for the community needs. So uh, just subscribing to the newsletter and you could join, you could become a member. We have a membership, $20 for students, 95 for professionals. It's an annual membership that includes everything that WESIS offers, everything. Okay. Cybergen IQ assessments, we internship program, apprenticeship program, our mentor mentee, all, all our programs that fall under the umbrella of WESIS, you have access to with that membership, so... Very good. Cool. Well, as a, uh, a last step, uh, we'll pivot into the rapid fire round. Um, basic premise is I ask you a couple of quick questions and you share whatever comes top of mind first. That sound good? That sounds good. You didn't tell me about this, Joe. It's purposeful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So first question, uh, what book are you currently reading? Well, what book I just finished was Atomic Habits. Okay. How'd you like it? Loved it. Yeah. Absolutely. I've never read a habit book, but I'm a major self-help major. I, I love all, all everything. I just absorb all that, but uh, atomic habits was great. Just 1% every day. And you show up 1% better the next day. Uh, I loved the concept of it and I recommend it to a lot of individuals. Cool. If you could change one thing about our industry, what would it be? Um, the hiring practices. I would okay. love to figure out what the secret hidden like, what's the secret sauce to that? What, what can we do to make that happen with the hiring practices? Yeah. And then last one, if you could go back in time and get a drink with your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give her? To, oh, that's, that's a hard one. I know, deep philosophical questions to, to kick off the week. <laughs> no, how could you do this to me? I didn't have enough coffee this morning for that. Um, it would just be to keep going strong, to not give up, to, to, and, and to build out your community sooner, to find those professional uh, people that you aspire to be. You know, I didn't aspire to be, it wasn't until I was like th in my mid thirties that I really resonated with someone and was like, that's where I want to go in my life. It was my mid 
30s. And I think that's why I feel so strongly about everything within WESIS is to be able to create these opportunities sooner for women so they could advance in their career quicker because of it. So they could aspire and they could be mentored into those roles in a faster pace. It took me a very long time to navigate through my career and I want to make that transition easier for others. So love it. Yeah. Very good. Well, Lynn, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much, not only for your time today, but but for all you do with your, your incredible organization. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to share the WESA story and, and thank you for your lending your voice for others as well. Of course.